brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. It is definitely time for more suds. This is good old boy Mike. Welcome to Sip Suds and Smokes. Our suds episodes uh, are everything in life that is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts today, good old boy Mike. Joining me for this episode today are Reverend Mark. Good afternoon, folks. Good old boy Dave. Hello, hello. Good old gal Juliana. Hi, everyone. Uh, this segment today is uh, going to be about beer, beer, and more beer. All of our sud segments cover that uh, amazing subject. <laughs> yeah. Our uh, our episode today is actually going to be a show-and-tell series on uh, sour beers. I know a lot of people have uh, requested more sour beer shows, so we're uh, we have a great show-and-tell show. Our show-and-tell series is really simple. Each of our hosts has brought in a beer today. They're going to introduce the beer that uh, we brought, and we are going to rate those beers. And reading our ratings today is going to be good old boy Dave. Dave, tell us what we're going to talk about here. We'll be tasting and discussing these beers and rating them with the Suds ratings plus our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Number two, was that a belch? Number three, ah, what a relief. Number four, a body should really not make that sound. Excuse me, that was one after one of the beers I had. <laughs> and number five, listen to that hang time, give me another. Excellent. <clears throat> so uh, some really great sh- uh, beers that we have to share with everybody today. The beers that we're going to go over are going to be uh, in this order as well. Timmerman's Oud Gouzet. Evil Twins, Femme Fatale, Brett, Against the Grain, Brett, the Hipman Hop. And the last beer we're going to talk about is Lindemann's Pharaoh. So those are the beers we're going to get to go over today. A very broad range of beers uh, that we're going to discuss today. So let's get right to the beers. Next, uh, The very first beer we're going to have up is going to be the Timmermans, uh, Oud Gouzet. Uh, this is the beer I actually brought. <clears throat> um, so this is a lambic style gouze, and my Zay. and my and my uh, co-hosts are seeing that I am using the proper hand gesture of throwing my arms up in the air when you're supposed to say gouze. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> I know. I, I don't ask me how many beers I had before I finally learned that effectively. You know, with some other Belgian. But anyway, um, this is uh, uh, it's a uh, it's a. It's known as a champagne of beers, uh, and you know usually a, a gouze is something that is blended. Um, this particular uh, uh, lambic is blended between beers that have been aged three years and a very young lambic um, that they blended this with. <coughs> um, you know we've talked about here on the show what an amazing uh, you know concept of blending beers is really coming around within um, you know beer making right now. And this is a very traditional Belgian beer. It's been around for a very long time, uh, a gouze style, where they're actually blending lambics like this. Um, 
And uh, I could not wait to open this up today. I've never had it before today. Um, so my tasting notes are that uh, I thought that it was a bit more tart uh, than sour, but it had really great balance. It was very tasty. I, it just reminded me of graining apples in a bottle. Um, it was just everything that I could think of with many of the gouzes that we've had, but I would definitely say this this bottle would be probably in my top five of all the gouzes that I've had. I mean, it's really that good. I'm not going to rate the beer, but we're going to go around. Reverend Mark, what do you think about the Timmermans uh, Oud Gouze here? Well, I think this is a total spot on of the gouze. Um, that is, you have, you know, as uh, the backbone of all beers, at least as they start out, there's a, there's malt, but uh, in many of your lambics and especially gouzes, it's it's sometimes overly scrubbed down by the lambic yeast, you know, so that uh, it's uh, overly attenuated and somewhat puckeringly dry, which I think, in my opinion, shoves way too much of the sour forward. Uh, I think this one, uh, by contrast, is just wonderfully balanced. Uh, I think, um, you know, for me at least, I usually have to have the, the right mindset before I want to venture into a straight lambic of any kind. But this one, I could drink, uh, you know, a full glass of this, uh, uh, even a pint of this. I mean, it, savoringly, you know, not quickly, but, uh, you know, it's got some grapefruit notes, a little bit of lemon. Um, I just, I thought it was really, really good. And um, I have to say, I would give it a five. Well, listen to that hang time. Give me another. Little boy Dave, what do you think of uh, Timmerman's Oud Gousset here? Yeah, I was, as I was drinking this, I was thinking, you know, if I if I closed my eyes and held out a glass and said, give me a Gousset, this is one of the beers that I would really want. Now, see, I saw you with your eyes closed, and I, th- I thought you were thinking, oh, my God, thank God good old boy Mike brought this beer. Oh, I can't, I can't believe he brought this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you must have really long delusions of grandeur. To, anyway. to be able to pat yourself on the back Hang on that a easily. Let me deflate my ego here just a little bit. <laughs> How'd this guy get his head through the door? So, anyway, back to the gouze. Yes. Um, no, great job bringing this in. Seriously, Timberman's is a is a really strong brewery. Anyways, I've had a few of their beers, and everything's been really good. Um, to go along with Reverend Mark, you know the the acidity, and the sourness is there. It's definitely there, but it doesn't dry you out as it finishes, and it, it's got a nice balance to it. And so, uh, again, I'll, I'll go along with Reverend Mark, and I'll give it a five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Yep. Little gal, Juliana, what do you think about Timmerman's Oud Gousset here? Well, I, too, am very happy that you brought this in today. <laughs> Let's all thank Mike. Yeah, <laughs> you suck up. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I mean, Gousset can be done really well, and it can be done and be scary. And this clearly is done very well. It's very balanced. It's very yummy. It it doesn't linger on the tongue in that that super lambic um, way that can scare people Kinda away from yeah. yeah that mm-hmm. can scare people away from this style of beer. Um, it's yummy. I mean, it's just yummy. And and that tart apple is like so spot on because that's exactly what it is. And it gives you that flavor, and then it goes away. Yep. 
and it's just yumminess. Yeah. And me, like everyone else, it's a five. Mm, five as well. <clears throat> well, there you have it. Uh, really a great beer for us to start out of the gate. There's a little bit more to the story here about this beer, so i got to tell you. Um, this uh, this particular beer uh, was born out of a, uh, a beer trip bust that happened. Uh, I was actually in high pursuit of a Contion that I wanted to find. It was at a beer store in the mm-hmm. Brooklyn area. I'm not going to name which store it was because when you hear the rest of the story, I don't want to give anybody <laughs> a, a poor impression. This, this is a really it's a great shop. They have a, they have a really great uh, growler fill. They they have a, a restaurant side. And it's a really good store. But I had, I had called ahead, and they had a few bottles of a couple of Contions that I, that I really wanted uh, very badly. Right. And like I had been chasing the, the distribution truck around town. I mean, it was that bad. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, so I called ahead, um, had uh, the bottles reserved that I was planning to, and uh, I actually had, had was moving around on the subway that day. And I didn't recognize that the distance between the subway stop and this beer store was more like four blocks, and it was all uphill. And I was carrying around my, uh, I have a, a, a carrier that uh, I have to drag along the ground, and dragging that four blocks a, l- a little bit uphill was not a good idea. So by the time I got to the beer store, I, you know, I walked in, and I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, I mm-hmm. feel the quest has been on. Now I got the hunt down. I got the right. kill. Right? Walk in. Beer was gone. Oh, Contion was ghost, man. He was like, some guy called up and he bought every bottle we had in the store and snapped them all up. Dang. And he said, you know, I'm sorry, we just do not reserve bottles. You know, if you are here in the store and have cash in hand, that's just kind of the way it goes. I know. Right. It can it can pick up your you know the <laughs> pick pick it up off the floor. You know, it's like okay. Um. So uh, I started looking around in the store after you know I just. You know, my bubble's been burst about it. I'm like, what am I gonna do now? You know, Um, so I started looking around the store and picking up uh, two or three things. And again, I'm standing in front of the area where they had all of their Belgians. And lo and behold, this was sitting right there on the shelf. It happened to be at eye level. Um, And I was like, hmm, like. it's been a while since I've seen that on the shelf. And I'm like, I'm not going to pass it up this time. And I grabbed two bottles, uh, you know, when I was there, along with some other stuff, uh, some of which we've had on the show uh, as well. But this particular bottle, is it's not incredibly difficult to find. Um, but it, it you do kind of have to hunt it down. And not, not a whole lot of people want to stock this because it's probably a bit pricey mm-hmm. uh, compared to some maybe some other beers. But... I would say that it's going to be sitting in the sh- in the section with the rest of the Belgian beers, um, you know, as well. Um, but I'm glad I, I did get to bring it back, even if it was out of a busted trip. You know, uh, I have to say this was definitely worth the climb up the hill that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to bring this back. So I know that you guys were on the show that we tasted the Guzay Tilquin, the Tilquin, and I'm curious. Uh, we I don't have that alongside this right now, but any comparisons between the two that you can recall? I like this one better. I have to say, I uh, do too. Yeah, and, and I, I still have two bottles of, of the Tilquin. Yeah, you know, I mean that one's good right now as well. You know, yeah, they're yeah, both they're really good, great beers. They're both really good, but this is really strong. Yeah, I mean 
for the style. It's it, the balance. Yeah, it's strong, but it's clean. You know, whereas yeah. the Tilquin lingered a little bit, you know, at the back end. And that's not to say that the Tilquin isn't bad. It's just the Tilquin is more widely available to those that want to try a Gouze that never tried it before. But yeah. if you could seek out the Timmermans, I, I, I mean, yeah. they rate it well and... You know. And you did today as well, and yeah. I think that's a good tip off for people. So you sit that, see that sitting on the shelf, and instead of buying two two bottles of something else, buy one of these. I think yeah. you're going to come out way ahead, and I uh, think you'd be very happy with that. So definitely, if you're a Guzé fan, you uh, should definitely check this particular beer out. Guzé! Guzé! <laughs> definitely. All right, so uh, our next beer up is uh, from Reverend Mark. Okay, we have the Evil Twin Femme Fatale. Uh, in my mind, uh, well, first of all, it's uh, it's right in the middle of the road in terms of uh, alcohol by volume, uh, 6%. Uh, and for me, at least, uh, what I love about this beer, and I just think it's so unparalleled, um, is that it's a, it's a funky IPA, truly funky. Uh, it, um, it's... It puts you within sort of the the, the sour, um, you know, sort of if 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 you are venturing towards the dark side of of, of embracing the funk in sour beers, then uh, for me at least, this is this is one way in which there is kind of a sour pairing of uh, of of both malt, hop, and you know what this. Uh, Bretomyces will do to a beer, uh, you know, if you're if you're patient with it, and so it's a it's a great uh, tribute to you know a lot of this hybridization of of, uh, of, of beer styles that's going on today. Um, I for one think that this just uh, this particular evil twin, you know, so much of what they're they're doing is is uh, is is raising the bar on you know the the uh, sort of the eclectic. Uh, crafting of, of different styles into uh, you know what we have here is a funky IPA so uh, you know you, you you definitely have that that American uh, uh, kind of floral citrusy type of hop uh, going along with the uh, uh, just the 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 Brett funk so you know even though uh, I have to say in, in in comparing it to the other beers that we've been looking at and the last one we commented on uh, I'm gonna kind of reserve my comments and say that well I'm introducing it so I won't say what I'm gonna <laughs> but I, it's it's way up there it's way up there cool uh, so good old boy Dave what do you think about the uh, Femme Fatale bread here um I think it's a really good beer, and I think you could go a couple of ways with this beer. If you are an IPA person who would like to see what a Brett beer tastes like, this is the kind of beer you should try. And if you're a Brett beer person, like for tart beers and things, you know, if you're from Europe or one of those places. um, We wish it. Yeah. Um, and you want to maybe see what an American, you want to kind of get into the IPA kind of world, then this is a good introductory beer that way. Are we talking bread of a PBR? See, we oui, oui. <laughs> Wow. I, you know what? If someone would make PBR with bread, 
<laughs> wow, that's yeah. a whole different level. Yeah. I, I, I can see the wheels would, turning already. You, you guys would, are going to go home and do it, aren't you? You would you're take gonna, over. <laughs> you would take over Alabama. It would be crazy. Actually, all the hipsters would go crazy for that. Yeah. Yeah. So all the hipsters like PBR now, and they all like bread beers. That sounds like a perfect marriage. Mm. I just don't think that would happen. <laughs> uh, anyway. So what's your, uh, so your suds rating here? So I'm going to rate this as a solid three. Three. Was that a belch? <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry. It was uh, Awoy Relief. Um, <laughs> good old gal Juliana, what do you think about the evil twin femme fatale bread? Well, I'm a fan, um, and in a previous podcast that we did, um, I brought out the femme fatale noir. Noir, that's so correct. So, me loving um, the noir, I, I like this one just as well, you know, for a slightly different reason. Um I like the the hoppiness. I mean, and if you look at this, it is not only um, it is. Sorry, I'm looking up the hops in here that I saw, which I thought was kind of intriguing. Okay, so you're not only getting Galaxy and Citra, which and Cascade, which are very common, but you're also getting Summit in here, uh -huh. and I thought that's a nice blend uh -huh. of hops for those that are hop heads in right. the world, which yep. there's many yep. of you around. Um, and I thought that was a good combination with the with the bread. So um, I really enjoyed this beer, and like David said, it's a good introduction for those that like IPAs that want to see something a little funky. And for those that like the funk, that want to see what it does to a hopped, a true hop beer, um, I'm going to give this a four. Ooh, a four. Uh, <clears throat> uh, great, uh, great rating. I appreciate that. Uh, so uh, my tasting notes here on Evil Twin Femme Fatale, uh, the bread. Uh, so glad you mentioned the noir version. So. Uh, because uh, I actually saw the Noir sitting on the shelf uh, very mm -hmm. recently, um, and I was very tempted because I remember how much we raved about that beer yeah. that day. <clears throat> and the only beer I picked was Revan Mark's Crab Apple over that Noir, and yeah. all of us raved about you know how much we enjoyed. And we had some really good beer yeah. uh, that day, yeah. <clears throat> and, and and in particular on that uh, that episode. And I remember thinking, wow. I never thought that I would say, one, that I really love a black IPA, and two, would I enjoy a uh, Brett uh, black IPA. And that uh, definitely was what I remember from the Noir version. The Femme Fatale bread uh, that we tasted today, uh, my tasting notes are, it was very earthy, uh, sour. Uh, it was more like a... Uh, it was more like a sour beer, what I think of when somebody says sour beer. Uh, but it's, I would consider a sour beer you can chug. Can you say that in like one fell swoop sentence? Like, sure. This one, yeah. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that uh, most people, it just needs to be in a PBR can, right, Dave? There you go. Lawnmower <laughs> sour beer. <laughs> Lawnmower sour beer. I love that. Uh I would say that would be the Westbrook Ghost uh, would be the would yeah, be would there, be, would there be my go. choice yeah. uh, for a lawnmower sour beer. It's in a can. It's you know it's sure. salty. It's a good. It's a good. It's Pound in it that, down. There Pound you go. it down, man. <clears throat> anyway, back to the femme fatale here. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it was that earthiness you know about it, and uh, I did not read the profile of the hops, and I'm glad you covered those for everybody. 
as well, as well, Juliana, because when I'm reading through some of the hops that are on here, I can understand why it is, you know, it does have, present so much of the earthy quality, you know, about it as well, based on, you know, the mix of those hops as well. My Sedge rating for Femme Fatale Brett is going to be a three. Ah, uh, what a relief. <clears throat> so, uh, that covers it around. What do you think, uh, Reverend Mark? Do you, do you enjoy everybody's reaction to your beer here? Yeah, and I, I, I think that uh, Juliana brought out most of what I was, you know, groping for earlier in terms of, you know, the, the full bouquet of, um, of the American hop experience that's very much embedded in this beer. So, you know, like if you're, a, if you're just a really super hophead American IPA slash Imperial IPA fanatic, then this is one way to venture a little bit closer into the funk. Mm. Well, uh We've definitely uh, talked an awful lot about uh, several of uh, Evil Twins' uh, products and uh, should definitely catch some of those other shows. Definitely at the top of my list would be Don't Miss the Family Feud episode on uh, Evil Twin. Uh, that will That is a really great show uh, about Evil Twin. So next up, good old boy Dave, uh, you brought uh, the next beer for us. Against the Grain, Brett, the Hipman Hop. Yes. Brett, the Hipman Hop. Is an American wild ale. <laughs> when you had to think about it, you need, need like a warm up moment. <laughs> well, I was distracted by the scenery. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, so yeah, Brett the Hitman Hop is an American wild ale. It's about 8% ABV from Against the Grain Brewing in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, this is a really great brewery. They have, they're extremely inventive and innovative in the things they do this beer in particular if you want to talk funk this is the funkiest thing i've seen out of kentucky since johnny depp's haircut okay <laughs> it is crazy um i'm honestly not sure and reverend mark you may be able to help me which strain of Brett they use in this? It almost to me like two or like three. Like a Brettois, whether it's a Brettois. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, I pick up a little citrus in there. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know exactly, but yeah. I'm, I'm leaning toward Brettois. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely not just a straight Brett B kind of beer. Hmm. Um, light body, very drinkable. I'm a big fan of this beer and this brewery. Uh, just to mention real quick, the ABV on this is 8%. Now, uh, against the grain, uh, their distribution model is um, a little bit, uh, you know, very regional. Um, <clears throat> you guys picked this up when you were in Louisville, mm -hmm. and that is where the brewery is at. And it's really distributed very close in proximity yeah. to... Uh, to Louisville is why you can find it in neighboring Indiana and in, in Maryland and North Carolina are a few of the locations where they have been distributing, but for the most part, it's a very, very localized uh, brewery, but mm -hmm. also making some really wonderful beer, and I think uh, certainly on the cusp of expanding their distribution model from what I've heard as well. So, uh, good old gal Juliana, what do you think about uh, this uh, this beer here against the grain, Brett, the Hipman Hop? We need like a, you know, a funky, you know. Uh, no, where's Dr. Dre when you need him? Hello? <laughs> Anyways. Wow. Sorry. Um, I really enjoy this beer. I liked, I, I think it's a, 
um, a toit as well because I'm getting a lot of grapefruit on it and especially as it's warming up it's really opening up in terms of that citrus flavor but um, it's a really good drinking beer it's a good summer drinking beer hmm. um, and it's got um, a nice dry finish and um, I'm really enjoying it and I'm going to give it a four. Four? Uh, <clears throat> my body should really not make that sound. Well, my tasting notes uh, around the all-funked-up uh, Hitman Hop uh, Brett here. It's, uh, you know, of sometimes you grab a hold of something and it, it takes your palate in a place that you didn't anticipate. And this is one of those beers. Um, I actually wrote down, it really took me, uh, I think the thing, um, when you hear some of the things I wrote, I, I'm going to read this a little slower. It's a woody sour. Mm. In fact, the thing I could not figure out, it's almost like a putty aroma um, mm. when when you smell this. And it really took me a long time to kind of figure out. And I was like, well, it's kind of like a wood putty, you know, uh, if you smelled it. Um, but it's still very good. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, it has like a... A very earthy. I, I was. I did not look at the uh, at the hot profile, you know, for this. Um, it says Apollo and Vanguard in it. Um, I actually wrote down. I thought it had Simcoe, mm. um, just because I thought it had a very earthy quality about it. Um, you know, I still with uh, all of this going on. This is really a <laughs> a funky beer, but a a very good funky beer. My said's rating for against the grain, Brett the Hip hop funk. <laughs> I probably read that wrong. Is for <clears throat> uh, which is uh, a body should really not make that sound. Reverend Mark, what did you think of Against the Grain, the Hitman Hop? This is the very first time I've ever had the privilege to to sample this, and I am just uh, forced at the, at least at this moment in time to kind of compare it. You know, within our conversation here around this table, to the Evil Twin, which I have introduced, simply because it is sort of a, you know, a melding of the uh, of the American IPA experience with, uh, you know, more of your uh, uh, sour, funky, uh, Brettanomyces-driven uh, ales, and uh, I'll have to say, not chuggable. <laughs> not not entirely chuggable, but you know what I liked about this was uh, one is that the uh, as I kind of looked at uh, sort of the grain bill that uh, makes up the uh, uh, you know the main uh, backbone of the beer is that it's uh, supplied mostly by Pilsner malt, which made mm-hmm. sense to me because it's not overly malty. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's got that really nice clean malt uh, aspect to it, and then it also uh, has. Uh, uh, a pretty significant infusion there toward the end of the boil with amarella and uh, so that that explains for like some of the citrus some of the spice that comes up as well um, I feel as though again as I compare and I'm comparing this mostly to you know the evil twin that I had earlier introduced that this takes the uh, sort of the 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 hybrid aspect of the IPA slash you know funky sour beer and moves it more toward the sour mm. uh, just a little bit just a little bit and so that uh, and that makes it a little less chuggable you might say uh, vis-a-vis the uh, evil twin but I think in some ways it you know within the sort of the context of our discussion here and what we're evaluating I really think that that this particular beer does a just does a superb job in uh, you know sort of commending uh, the sour 
to those who would otherwise just be hopheads. So, hmm. uh, you know, all things considered, within the sort of the scope of this conversation and what we're evaluating here today, I would give it a four. Hmm. Uh, uh, <clears throat> very similar rating here. A body should really not make that sound. Wow. Uh, interesting comments all the way around. What do you think, uh, good old boy Dave, everybody's comments here? I think everybody really captured what we were looking to bring to the show today. Yeah. Uh, a very funked up uh, uh, beer, for sure. Um, it would be interesting to see this at uh, a Sour Beer Festival. Wouldn't you guys think that yeah. would be a very interesting thing to uh, throw in the mix? I hope they come to uh, the uh, Funk Fest. Uh, here in, at uh, Yazoo. I think that would be interesting to put that, that would in the be. room. Yeah. That would be cool. <clears throat> all right, Brandon. Game's on, man. Uh, all right, Juliana, around to you. Uh, our uh, last beer uh, that we're going to get to talk about here is a beer from Lindemann's. It is a Lamech-style Pharaoh. Okay, so I wanted to do something completely different. Um, when most people think of sours they think of something that is more lighter colored and super funky now the thing about lindemans um people know lindemans for the lambics those flavored lambics they're very popular but the pharaoh is a little different um it's a flemish classic and it's served throughout brussels um pretty regularly but what's interesting about it is that when it was made um or when they came up with this style of lambic, it's a combination of unblend of um, of young unblended lambics. So um, yeah, so it's not old. But what was interesting was that the bartenders would put sugar in the <coughs> in the glass or the decanter, whatever it was that they were using, mm-hmm. and then you would pour this faro over it. Oh, you would we have. De- we definitely did not have it that way. Today. No, we did not. That's because. This is the way it's bottled is different than the way it was originally made way back in the day when it was still fresh. So you would have this young lambic, and um, you would have some sugar in the in uh, your glass, but they would also give you a mortar so that you can grind the sugar within the lambic. Huh. Um, so it was uncarbonated, but you get this really interesting flavor. That being said, mm. when you look at this lambic, which, by the way, is only 4.2 or sorry, 4.5 percent ABV, it's really dark in color. Reminds me of like a, a vinegar. But what's neat is that you're getting the sugariness and that sweetness mm-hmm. from the sugar that's been added, but you're also getting that vinegariness in the back end of what a true lambic is. So it's a nice little juxtaposition between what can be sweet and then what can be truly sour. <clears throat> well, thanks. I appreciate the uh, introduction for the beer. Uh, actually, I'm going to offer up my tasting notes first with this. Um, I'm sorry. Did you have some tasting notes around this you wanted to share? Well, in terms of flavor, you're um, initially I'm getting this really um, sweetness. It's like a, a candied sugar, but um, on the back end of it, I'm getting the vinegar and I'm getting a true sour note to it, which I enjoyed. Hmm. Um, well, my tasting notes here for the uh, Lindemann uh, Faro, um, it is like a sweet cherry. Um, and, and I actually started right. It's like a sweet cherry, you know, 
uh, Sprite or Seven Up or you know some some type of uh, clear cola. But I actually took that out. <clears throat> it is definitely a, more like just a a sweet cherry all by itself. Um, and even the way that you described it, of how they are introducing sugar, you know, at the point of of pour. Uh, it almost goes so far to say as if you were to come across a, a, a sweet cherry, probably not a mascherino uh, or, you know, like a, a super red, you know, artificially red uh, cherry, but just a natural sweet cherry, dipped it in sugar and tasted it, like, bing, you would absolutely have, you know, it would be right on target for uh, this beer for sure. Um, <clears throat> it's a bit dry. Um, it has a, a good balance of sweet and tart. Um, and so I definitely would not describe this as a, a sour beer, um, but I wouldn't go so far to describe this as a crack either, um, which uh, I'm not a fan of cracks. And I would probably, of all of the cherry beers um, that I've had, I would say I would probably come back to this particular classification. So my Suds rating for the Lindemann uh, Pharaoh is going to be three. Ah, what a relief. Reverend Mark, what did you think of Lindemann's Pharaoh? Well, I'm a big, I'm a big Belgian um, fanatic on many levels, and I think that this is a great synthesis of what makes, at least in my mind as I, as I sample this beer, uh, it reminds me on one level of a, of a Belgian double uh, that mm. is so wonderfully complex with all the malt and caramel and uh, actually caramunic malt uh, that uh, contributes toward sort of, uh, you know, a, uh, a dark uh, sugar, bright fruit kind of balance. And then I find an an infusion of lambic fermentation that nudges it, you know, more toward it being somewhat of a Flemish ale, but not completely like tart and drying. So, you know, I, I found it to be, you know, because of the ABV on it, which is a, a considerably low, uh, I find it to be an, an entirely, you know, sort of quaffable kind of beer. Um, this is advanced yeah, for ambrosia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, you know, these kinds of beers, typically, if I look at, you know, any, anything that kind of comes out of this company, I'm like wanting to sit down and sort of steady myself and sort of pace my, you know, not that it's ever unpleasant, but that to drink slowly. But this is a beer that, uh, you know, I could have a, a good 12-ounce snifter of and just really enjoy uh, after, a, you know, hot days uh, work in the yard or whatever. It's almost a lawnmower beer, not quite, because it's more complex and interesting than that. But uh, um, I would give it a four. Uh, <clears throat> I should really not make that sound. Uh, good old boy Dave, what do you think of Lindemann's Guze here? Yeah, I, I think this is um, this is a very drinkable beer. Um, I, it's not overly tart, not overly sour. The the sweetness. At one time, I thought maybe the sweetness was a bit too heavy for it, but the more I sip on it, the more I enjoy it, and the more I listen to Reverend Mark talk about it, the more I like it, you know. So, now... Now, what's he say about every story? Yeah. Every story is true. Some of them happen. That's it. That's right. That was his phrase, yes. That's trademark Reverend Mark. Um, Anyways, uh, I owe you a nickel for the royalty on that, by the way. So, um, 
but um, no, I, I think it's it's a good it's a good beer. It's a not like you said, not a lawnmower beer, but it's it's something that you could you you kind of said this about previous beers, a good chick beer. Huh. Um, yeah, that's I think true. that's what it would be. You know, if, if you want to introduce someone to sours and to lambics and to Belgians, you know, Lindemans is known. You know, even with their creeks and their framboise and on all their um, different lambics, they're known to be sort of on the sweet side, mm. anyways, uh, for the styles. So I think this kind of plays along those lines, and they're known for their beers being very approachable. So um, I'm 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 enjoying this beer quite a bit, and I would give it a solid three. Ah, mm. <clears throat> uh, what a relief! Well, uh, good old gal Juliana, what do you think about uh, everyone's comments and about uh, your beer here? Yeah, I think you've captured um, you know what it is. It's it's a lot different than what a traditional sour would be, but it's a good introduction for the chicks. I would like to get into sours. And we're going to remind the chicks to bring a wine key because yes. this had some unique uh, aspects. <sighs> so uh, we got caught off guard that uh, we opened this. It was it had a foil on it, and we opened it up, the foil, and sure enough, it wasn't a regular champagne cork. It was a wine cork uh, that was stuffed in this, and we didn't have a wine key with us. So Thank you, Lindemans. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, if you do pick this up, uh, remind yourself to take along a wine key uh, if you need this as well. So... Uh, thanks for bringing that, and uh, thank you all for uh, all the beers you brought today. They were all awesome, um, and an, a very nice wide variety as well. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of good sour beer shows, haven't we? Absolutely. Um, and the I like the variety uh, of what we had in the show and tell series. So sometimes I declare a, a bit more, you know, narrow style. Like you know, everybody brings this particular style of beer in show and tell, mm-hmm. and I just kind of left it open to bring any sour and. Uh, a very good uh very good and wide variety of things that we got to have today so i'm still having to kind of crick my neck every time i have the all funked up you know hip and hop uh Ooh. bread but yeah <clears throat> uh any of these beers you guys would go back to after you've had them i'd go back to the timmermans <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm i'll be let's say is there any of this left it's, it's on my list <laughs> yeah to pick up a bottle or a case well with that i finished my uh, my glass here for everybody today well uh thank you once uh everyone for uh, this episode thanks to all of our listeners here at subset and smokes you can catch all of our episodes online on itunes soundcloud tune in stitcher youtube uncle john's basement and spreaker our native media host see i can't say that without you <laughs> laughing <clears throat> See, I need to sing Uncle John's Basement or something like that. Our terrestrial radio station hosts are always expanding uh, vertically or horizontally. I'm not really quite sure. But if you would like to hear this show on your favorite radio station, send them a note and copy us as well. Feel free to compliment us on this fun episode if you'd like. In Reach us in online anytime. Our email address is info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day at sipsudsmoke is our handle on twitter our facebook page is always buzzing with plenty of news usually something <clears throat> about good old boy dave in some some regard right that's right <laughs> do us a favor and take the time to do the only thing that we ask you to do you got to listen to this show for free probably and if you could take the time to rate it that would really help us um and we get to see your feedback as well usually those comments are about good old boy dave aren't they 
good and bad. I like this show didn't have the word tapeworm in it, so. <laughs> now it does. <laughs> now it does. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> I probably have to put a five in the middle, don't I? All right, anyway. I want to thank my uh, co-host for being here for sure. Reverend Mark, thank you. Cheers, blessings, and peace. <laughs> uh, good old boy, Dave. Hey, the best beer is the beer in your hand. That's right. Uh, good old gal, Juliana, thanks for being here. May the beer be with you. That's good old boy, Mike. I want to thank you again for joining us and ask you to keep on sipping. been a one tan hand production of sip suds and smokes a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life from the dude in the basement studios your host the good old boys will see you all next time